I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ah, g'day, Lewis. G'day, Dan. How are you? Look, I'm a bit croaky because, as you well know, that we've just spent the last two days in Adelaide doing Irrational Fear here. Yeah, for the Cabaret Festival, which, uh, thank you so much for having us, Cabaret Festival, Uh, but it has meant that we've really gone deep into show tune land. (laughs) There's been a lot of feather boas, a lot of berets, a lot of nipple tassels, and you look great in all three. The good news for Irrational Fear listeners is that we did that after every Irrational Fear show, so that, that won't be in the podcast. The podcast you're about to hear are two shows combined. We had two very different audiences, a strictly boomer, close-to-death audience yeah. on a Thursday at 6 o'clock. Very supportive. <laughs> very supportive. They laughed at a lot of jokes. Mm. They, they loved the anti-Adelaide stuff. They really did. Conversely, we had a <laughs> very loud, very judgmental audience the yeah. next night. They were also delightful, but they didn't like the Adelaide bashing so much. No, no, they didn't. But we stuck with it. I admire our tenacity. Do you know who enjoyed the Adelaide jokes more? (laughs) We did. (laughs) It was really fun. Adelaide was really beautiful. And, uh, yeah, this is a good show. Yep. And a big thanks to Jacob Brown, who's edited both of these shows and cut out all the defamatory bits. And all the times I said, (laughs) oh, fuck, there's another one. I'm just going to bleep that one too. Sorry, Jacob. You know, we pay him $20 per... Oh, God, he's going to have such a big house. Uh, Rational fear contains strong, coarse language and traces of nuts. Rational fear recommends listening by an immature audience. Tonight, on the same day Donald Trump launches his re-election campaign, euthanasia becomes legal in Victoria. Coincidence? And after the failure of Hyperloop, Elon Musk admits that he just can't compete with Adelaide's Oban. And Israel Folau stands to make $3 million disparaging homosexuals on Facebook. In related news, you won't believe what Gary Ablett Jr. has to say about the Jews. This is Irrational Fear! Yes, this is Irrational Fear, the show that tells you what to be scared of. I'm your host, Dan Illich, and we are live on stage at the Adelaide Cabaret Festival! 
Cabaret, of course, is a highly politically charged art form that criticises the powerful to their face. And to have it here in Adelaide, Australia's fifth most consequential city, it is... Well, we're going to rattle some cages tonight, let me tell you. You know, there's, a, there's kind of a feeling walking around this city this time of year. It feels like there's a bit of electricity in the air. I, I assume it's because you just had it connected. Uh, or, uh, but, uh, there's a definite buzz uh, in my room near Hindley Street. Anyway, uh, tonight we are bringing you politics, art and music. So let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. Here to tell us why we shouldn't be a republic, it's Brexiteer who wants Australia to remain a constitutional monarchy. It's James McCann. Hello. Very good of you to clap that introduction. James, what is one benefit of staying a monarchy? I've got seven minutes worth of benefits. Okay, great. Yeah. Look forward to hearing to it. Telling us why lefties need to rebrand themselves, it's a man who deleted his Twitter account in a fit of rage. It's one of Adelaide's most disgruntled. It's John Brooks. Hooray for me. <laughs> John, uh, what's wrong with the left? Uh, well, we've become a philosophy of participation awards, so much so that we don't even want to win an election in case someone gets offended. <laughs> To tell us why Joe Warfare is overrated, it's former nurse who no longer gives a shit about you. Please welcome Georgie <laughs> Carroll. <laughs> Georgie, why do you think apathy is the best way to save the planet? Well, I, don't, I can't even look after myself, mate. It's kept, apathy's kept me going for 43 years. So <laughs> I had super dupers for breakfast. And still going. <laughs> I, think, I think the planet's going to be fine. And not content on just being horny, young people are now growing horns. To tell us why is Australian comedy royalty and horn expert, Cal Wilson. Cal, if you could grow a horn, where would you grow one? I would grow it on a eunuch so I could have a eunuch horn. (laughs) (laughs) I I also think they would appreciate to have one back. (laughs) Wrong place, though, wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. And here to remind us, yes, why, why up there? Uh, and here to remind us, <laughs> yes, yes. And here to remind us uh, that the logies are actually still a thing is a man whom, when he's in Sydney on Tinder, he's a six, but when he's in Adelaide, he's a solid ten. <laughs> it's Lewis Hobber. <laughs> Thank you, Lewis. Why should we care about the logies? <laughs> I will get back to you uh, on that, yeah, I, I don't know. This is a rational fear where two more Peter Dutton jokes away from being raided by the AFP. <laughs> we have actually just got two more people to introduce. I'm very excited about this. Bridie and Wyatt are a couple of Australia's best music comedians, musical comedians, I guess. They won an aria for Best Comedy Release last year. They worked on the TV show Tonightly. They are absolute legends, and I am so happy that they've come to join us here to kind of qualify us to be part of the Cabaret Festival. (laughs) Please welcome Bridie and Wyatt. Warm welcome. We are Wyatt and Bridie. We're so excited to be here in Adelaide. We're having That's a lovely right. time. Thank you for having us. Yes, Cabo Hooray. I just oh. thought that. Anyway. <laughs> Starting strong. <laughs> yeah, we should. All uphill from that joke. Don't oh, worry. Daddy didn't even mention our Aria. Oh. <laughs> that actually was a very nice introduction. We didn't yes. tell him to mention the Aria, but um, it is a fact that we did win an Aria yes, quite we recently. Did. So. so. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I mean, you we don't, don't like to. to talk about it, but, um, but um, you know, like our lives have changed so much. I mean, like, yeah. Um, before we won the Aria, um, for example, we were employed. Yes. <laughs> so that's a big way that life that's, has changed. It's changed, hasn't it? And Very yeah. available. If there's any employment opportunities in the crowd, yes. there you can come see us after the show. Oh, we can do that kind of stuff. <laughs> All right, but what we do is we write political songs. Um, That's right, we, we write songs about um, topical issues and uh, this is the, uh, actually the song that we won an ARIA for. We wrote it about an issue that just keeps coming up time and time again so we really felt like we had no choice. Hey girls, you know that moment? Yeah, you do. When your heart skips a beat and you feel weak at the knees. Oh, so nervous. Well, it could happen at any time and... It could happen at any place. And ladies, it could happen with anyone. Well, it could be the guy from the cafe. The one with the look in his eye. I got my eye on it you. It could be the guy at the bus stop. Yeah, he smiles every time you walk by. I catch a ride with me. It could be the boss from your office. He always says you're the best. You're the best. Well, it could be literally anyone. Anyone could be a sex pest. <laughs> To be rich or super blessed, could be a sex pest. Well, it could be the guy from your sports team, or it could be the guy at the bank. Well, it could be the guy from the hot dog stand, or it could be that guy Frank. Well, it could be the guy that you met one time, or it could be Kira Knightley. That's right. That's right. It could be a woman. Now, but statistically, it's highly unlikely. To be rich or be well dressed, to be a sex pest. Well, it's not just the guy in the fancy car. No, it's not just that big Hollywood star. Well, it's not just the guy in the park in the dark. No, that's just Mark. He likes dark parks. Let me break it down now. Here we go. S E X P E S T O. Well, it should be as easy as one, two, three to demonstrate basic decency. So listen up, people, and learn from me, boys. Don't hang out if you got your wang up. Unless, of course, it is consensual. Yeah, a consensual song. A consensual song. A consensual song. Sing along. not just not it's kind of like anyone can do yeah. it like aspirational no <laughs> no it's not like anyone can be a sex it's like anyone it's a yeah, warning right. we got to not... be clear about that yes 
I keep, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've cleared that up. Good, I just... Oh. Anyone, you know, dream Richard stars. No, no. <laughs> no, guys. Okay, good. That, that's an old song. Uh, we're actually going to sing you a song that we wrote yesterday. And we're going to sing you a brand new song, but again, yes. like this one we just did, it's about an issue that, whoa, it's everywhere you look. Yeah, and um, the problem with this issue is, like, it's climate change and, like, kind of is encompasses every issue. Nothing is more important than this. And, like, I just heard the other day that there's 415 uh, carbon particles per million in the atmosphere right now. Once that number reaches 1,000, human cognitive ability will drop by 20%. So when... And that's... When that happens, we can't even think about how to fix... Anyway, so the point is, like, it's going to be really bad unless we fundamentally change, you know, our way of life. Or, or... Or, unless we fundamentally change our attitudes. What? Okay, like, think about it. I'm allergic to bees, but the bees are going to die. I mean, consequently, so will I. But for a while there, I'll be feeling so peppy. No need for my EpiPen, because the bees are going to die, right? Oh, Uh yeah. Yeah. I hate the island of Niue. Yes. <laughs> and Niue's going to sink. It's already on the brink. Why do you hate Niue? Not for anything specific. I don't like islands in the Pacific. And Niue's going to sink. You got it. It might sound nihilistic, but we're just being realistic. Climate change, it ain't so bad. Here's a list of reasons that should make you glad. Retro diseases are back. <laughs> and they're back in a big way, but I want to lose weight. So hello, flesh-eating microbes, new summer wardrobe. Retro diseases are back. I don't like the elderly. Fuck them. <laughs> they're on their way out. Can't handle flooding or drought. Extreme weather conditions. But I've got a mission to, to finally inherit a house <laughs> for the rest of my short life. You I might think we're being sour, counting down Earth's final hours. But climate change, it ain't so bad. Here's a list of reasons that should make you glad. The ice caps are melting. But I like to swim. There'll be more cyclones. Fly a kite in the wind. There'll be riots for food. Well, I'll just stay in bed. There'll be more bushfires. Well, I look good in red. Millions of people will be displaced all around the world. I'm allergic to bees. Extreme water shortages will create wars. Carbon particles in the atmosphere will I'm allergic to bees. We only have ten years to prevent human extinction. And the bees are gonna die. Thank you very much. Get them. Let's get them bees. <laughs> oh, great, great. We had enough. We're, uh, we're about to disappear, but we're going to come back at the end of the show. In the meantime, you're going to hear a lot about some uh, pretty bleak topics, yes. like climate change, but not limited to. So just to be clear, Dan's asked us to go and write a song in the next half an hour. Yeah, yeah but we Which thought... Which is easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to write a song using your suggestions and come back and sing it at the end yes. of the show. Yes. But we thought, because you're about to hear a lot of like mm-hmm. fearful topics and mm-hmm. some, some pretty horrendous things, we mm-hmm. thought we're going we're gonna to do a song about love. There's already heaps of songs about love, though. Yes. New love, old love. There's not many songs about the middle love. bit of love. Yeah, the middle bit. <laughs> There's so lots of breakups and just getting together. 
But there's no songs about, yeah, it's a metal. Just, just <laughs> celebrating an average run-of-the-mill relationship. So we will ask you if there's, many, if there's any things in particular just about average relationships that you think are worth us celebrating in song, song form. You know? So yeah, can yeah. you chuck your hands up and I'll come and see you? We'll see lots of... Hit. What have you got? What do you got? Yes, over there. Shout it out, shout it out. Sh- shout it out nice and loud. Just accept my mother. Just oh, accept, just just accept, oh. just accept oh. my mother. Yes. My mother. That's, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. What else have we got? Who's got more suggestions? Money. Going to Bunnings on the weekend. Going to Bunnings on the weekend. How romantic. Someone over here said something? Money. Money. Yeah, I guess that's something. Yeah, money. That's that's the goal. Who paid for your tickets tonight? Over here, yes. We'll have sex tomorrow. I do. We'll have sex tomorrow. We'll have sex. Scheduling sex. Yes, scheduling sex. I like that. I like that. Go to the toilet with the door open. Go to the door open. That's classic middle. What's wrong with that? Airflow. I don't know what's going on. It's not the end yet. What else? What else have we got? Up the back there, yeah. Just accept this is my side of the bed. Which wow. This is my side of the bed. <laughs> Are you here is... with anyone? <laughs> Did you bring your doona with you? <laughs> what else? What else have we got? Right up the back. I can see right up the back there, yeah. yeah. Spending quality time falling asleep on the couch. Spending oh. quality time falling asleep on the couch. Oh, okay. That these, was too nice. That's all great. Do we need no, anything more? Nothing, we... nothing says love like watching Chernobyl together. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, we did this in Brisbane recently and it was a, a shitstorm of yelling out great things. And Adelaide always like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you're so like, you're just amazing. I love it so much. Let, let's put it in context. In Brisbane, we did a climate change show, all about climate change show, and there was one word we weren't allowed to say. <laughs> And it was paid for, the show was paid for by the Queensland government, and that word was Adani. <laughs> <laughs> so every suggestion was fucking Adani. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for your great suggestions. We will be back, hopefully, with the song. If we don't come back, it's because we failed and we ran away. Bye! <laughs> right away! Rational fear. All right. Well, let's get stuck into some fears. Fear number one, where is everyone? It's budget week, and that means it's budget smack talk. For the state government treasurers all around the country, it is money Christmas. So a big Felice Nubby budget for you, Adelaide. You're going to be paying more to put out your trash. Way! Fantastic. Now, it's clear this, the people in this room don't really care about paying lots for trash because they've come to this show. So that's, um, that's really good. Have you seen the price of the tickets? It's really outstanding. All right. Now, when New South Wales uh, Treasurer Dominic Perrottet brought down the budget in New South Wales two days ago, in order to secure some federal funds, he made this plea to the federal government. No one who comes to Australia comes to Adelaide. And he is right, okay? This this is sad. I mean, your own government, the South Australian government, released figures this week to suggest that there are fewer international visitors visiting Adelaide and they're spending less money. Now, critics say uh, it's South Australia tourism's fault. They shouldn't have gone with the slogan, fuck off, we're full. Uh, Probably probably a bad choice there. Uh, One business representative said that it's all down to the budget. Uh, Here's here's some money from this week's budget that got released. Here's here's what you're paying to advertise Adelaide and South Australia. The money set aside for the budget to do that is $33 But the money set aside to replenish sand on Adelaide's beaches is $49 You're spending more money on sand than advertising South Australia. You can't go build a... uh, a, You're basically building a tourist death trap. The tourists are going to get sucked out by sharks anyway. What's the point? 
Half the state is desert. How much more sand do you need? Uh, look, Glenelg is lovely. We've done some wonderful things down there, I'll have you know. I don't... You need no, to expand. We don't want you people here. I think that's the important thing. We've got one festival time. We've got March. You can all come then and then go away and let us drive in peace. It's Big open roads, baby. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Like... There's two points there. First of all, why don't you spend the money on the tourism, but have as the slogan, come to Adelaide, bring your own sand. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I do love, because I come here for the Fringe Festival, and I do love the way you do all your festivals at once. You go um, Womadelaide, you go Fringe Festival, you go Clipsal, you go Festival of Roadworks. It's always all at once. Because I, I, I live in Sydney, and uh, obviously there's a lot of people, and they all want to go out, but they can't because of the lockout laws. And here it's like the bizarro version where everything's open and no one's there. <laughs> we do have lockout laws; they're just never enforced. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, we were walking through the we were walking through the festival garden like at midnight last night, and security guard was like, "You guys want a drink?" <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that hasn't happened in Sydney ever in living memory. The other exciting thing about Adelaide is it's got pandas at the zoo. Like, mm. it's exciting. And sometimes, pandas, sometimes you, see them, you see them get. moving and it's like, oh, they're not beanbags. Like, it's really exciting. <laughs> but my we've, got, fav- we've got so much here. But my favourite thing at the zoo is there's a cassowary at the zoo, which is like the prehistoric Mardi Gras emu, right? Yeah. So it's like the full-on <laughs> scary bird. What I loved is I was looking at the cassowary and a woman just walked past me and went, she killed her husband. <laughs> Drama. It was the best day. Best <laughs> That's day. so good. I love that story about the cassowary in Florida that killed its killed its. Uh, oh, its, killed owner. its owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he oh, was a rare bird collector, and uh, and and yeah, they killed it. And then it was on auction. You're like, who's going to buy a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> so for the for James, you live in Adelaide. Yes, you, you spend a lot of time in Adelaide yes. too. What is one way to entice international visitors to Adelaide? What is one way to do that? Nudity? Wow. Nudity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got all these empty student apartment buildings that something should be done with. Because no one wants to live there. We just have these new... And we tried to copy you. Sydney and Melbourne have these beautiful big apartment buildings that yeah. are now having cracks and possibly <laughs> killing people. Yeah. But we um, jumped in and thought, if we build them, they will come. And then they didn't. And we just have these big, ugly apartment buildings. So you could get $50 rent in Adelaide if you're an interesting person. I think it would work. It works in those little... Little Italian towns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there was a new slogan for South Australia, what would it be? I've already given it to you. Bring Mm. your own sand. (laughs) Uh, We've really cut down on the weird murders. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you haven't ruled them out. They're they're cut down. We're down 7%. It's like scale. (laughs) Uh, Great. Fear number two. Now, millionaire rugby union player Israel Folau is turning to GoFundMe to raise $3 million. Are you booing um, crowdfunding? Is that the issue here? <laughs> let, let, let's, find, let's get to the end of the jokes and see what they are booing. <laughs> uh, so he's going to, to go to GoFundMe to raise $3 million to pay for his legal fees. It's currently up to about $400,000. Uh, he claimed on Twitter, I have the fight of my life on my hands. The problem is... His GoFundMe project, when you search for it on GoFundMe, comes up next to other projects, next to people who are fighting for their actual lives, not fucking losing their jobs. Um, 
Now, Israel is a serial football code swapper, moving from league uh, to AFL, then to union. Some blame rugby union for this whole thing because their slogan used to be the game they play in heaven. So it was just going to be a, a simple option for him. Now, is this cool? Is this... I think that was a better joke than that got credit for. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> Not a lot of rugby union fans, mate. Yeah, yeah. This would have killed in I mean, Randwick. <laughs> there are actually no rugby union fans anywhere. Um, <laughs> They don't come to cabaret festivals. <laughs> no they, go, they go to shareholder oh, yeah. meetings. Yeah, yeah, mate. This is league territory. <laughs> ah. Are we okay with this? Do you think this is okay? No. I know. I think if you're a Christian and you're giving money to Israel Folau, you should stop and give it to the victims of sexual abuse. <laughs> I, well, he's not a Catholic. No, but um, he's, a, he's a Pentecostal. He is, and they're much worse because they, they have a very boring service. And in some ways... <laughs> I, I think that's more hateful. Um, James McCann, you told me backstage that Jay Leno would have an interesting angle on this story. How would Jay Leno uh-huh. cover this Israel Tell my Israel story? Israel Folau joke? Yeah. I'm working on it. All yeah. right, here we go. Um, uh, gee, have you heard this stuff about Israel Folau? Ah, oh, well, yeah. He's getting so little support in the international community, you'd think his name was Palestine Folau. Everybody, hey. Very good. Very good. And on that, let's move on. All right. <laughs> All right, and here's the final fear for tonight. A new report from the Defence Journal in America suggests that Australia's next generation of fighter jets are almost as good as a slingshot on a horse. Yes. The new F-35 jet fighters won't do much fighting or much jetting. Uh, Here is a quick list of problems with the new F-35 that this report has found. The F-35 can only fly supersonically at high altitude for a short period of time, otherwise its antennas will be torn off. <laughs> I would not have imagined a plane like that had antennas. Is that, is that ignorant of me? Has it got like a flag on the antenna? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Australian ones have an Australian flag made out of, uh, made out of a wire. Of yeah. Hang on, yeah. Every country has its own one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Pilots experience pressure spikes in their ears and nose and sinuses in flight. And for up to six months after flying the plane. That's true. It's a rough try. Uh, A blown tyre or debris can rip hydraulic fuel lines. And you've got a blown tyre. That's bad news. And you have to put it on, you have to use a space saver afterwards. (laughs) I don't know, you're like, is it NRMA? Is it RACV? We're in international waters. It's a fucking minefield. (laughs) Here's another one. The plane can't fly at an attack angle of more than 20 degrees up, down, left, or right. It can fly straight really well. <laughs> Pilots can't see the horizon through the helmet. The helmet, by the way, costs $400,000. Oh, damn. Was this designed by a child? Was it a school <laughs> no, project? Here's, here's the thing. It's designed to be built in as many states and as many countries as possible to garner the contracts of all those states and countries. So the, the, the reason why it's so fucked up is because it's distributed across the United States. So uh, Lockheed promises a senator or a congressman, oh, yeah, we'll give you jobs, X billion dollars, to, to, to make that rudder. We're actually, I think we're making an element of the rudders in Newcastle. So that's, this is actually one of the major problems wow. of this plane, that it's not actually made in a factory in one place. It was right, what, just some guys in Newcastle cobbled it together? <laughs> well, yeah, there's an there's a aerospace tech company in Newcastle who's making, like, a very small part of the plane and then shipping the parts off to Lockheed. So the, 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 the problems continue. <laughs> um, oh, here's, here's, this is one of the big ones, right? And this is important because we're a sovereign country. We're buying these planes off America. Uh, 
the JET automatically sends sovereign data back to Lockheed Martin. So the JET will know what's wrong with the JET, where the JET has been, what it's done, uh, and presumably what it's buying on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like there's going to be much to report back. It's like, well, it's still on the ground. Yeah, um, yeah uh, the tyre's blown and I can't see through the fucking helmet, so it hasn't yeah. moved. <laughs> Flew for 20 minutes, my ears are bleeding. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. The JET can't take off... <laughs> If it's too hot or too cold, <laughs> uh, when it's in, when it's in the hangar, it needs a special air conditioning unit to to push to push this constant stream of high pressure dry air that's not too hot or too cold through the computer. Uh, we can fight a war in the south of France. And it's <laughs> well, it, it, it is, but it's actually better looked after than the Mona Lisa. That's plain. Um, it sounds very precious, though, doesn't it? Like it doesn't like it too hot or too cold. It's like an elderly lady's chihuahua. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if Jay Leno was still doing jokes, he'd be like, "This plane's harder to get started than my wife." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's lucky that Australia, a continent renowned for its really mild weather, we have bought 58 of these planes! 58, yes! Fantastic! How many of the helmets? (laughs) Was it buy one, get 57 free? (laughs) We hope so, yeah. It's basically a really expensive glider. It's less Top Gun and more Top Nun. The Australian government is spending $13 billion on the Collins-class submarines of the sky. Uh, we, we can't do too much about it. We're just one of, of a bunch of nations who are all putting in for this. This plane's basically redundant before we get it. So, my fear-mongers tonight, what should we do with this order of, of these 58 planes? If, if, it's a, if it's about planes that barely work, let's give them to Jetstar. <laughs> <laughs> What does, what does a jet fighter for Australian conditions look like, do you think? What, what kind of... It sounds like they're just covered in blood. Like just... <laughs> a good, you need a good mechanic, so it would be good to have like the RACV or... What is it, what is it in South Australia? Just heaps of A's. The pirate company. Oh, you got a problem with the tyre, right? Well, at least if you put an RAA sticker on the side, the plane will look a bit more aggressive. We can't fly it. Is there a point in having... Like long-term warfare devices, I never understand this. If there is a war, we're just going to want two nuclear weapons to say <laughs> we drop the first one and we say now back off. We've got another one. I mean that's that's how the last big war ended. What is the point in having a plane that can just have a little piddly? Well, it doesn't. Back and forth. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, but even if we lose or win that, if we're up against someone with a nuclear weapon, we'll just say. I'm sorry, thank you very much. We'll end the war now. You can have what you like. Well, that's probably, that's, that's probably part of it, because we've got these F-35s, yeah. and we're partnered with America, who have all the nuclear weapons. We're just giving... You know, we're just auxiliary to their... Let's get our own nuclear weapon. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sell it up. Let's have one nuke and say, you try it, Indonesia, any day. <laughs> we, Jay- can bring it, we can put it in, um, in Adelaide, and it could be a tourist attraction. You can, you can fix, <laughs> fix a bunch of problems. No-one's going to South Australia. Well, have you seen our nuke? It's actually quite that's impressive. a great way to get those apartments filled by <laughs> other people from other parts, other countries. It either um, fills them or blows them up. Either way, you win. Well, you could do like a reality series and 58 teams get a fighter each and they have to improve oh, the design. This, this is great. Nice. Yeah, this is good. This I like that. The block, but for F-35. Yeah. <laughs> Who are basically a block. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it if Hamish Blake hosted. I'd watch it if Oh, my uh, goodness. Now, Adelaide, James, is used yeah. to creating pretty uh, dumb defence projects that don't really get off the ground. Uh, Come on, you you must know. (laughs) What what advice would people of Adelaide give Lockheed Martin about these jets? Um, 
oh, look, I don't know, because we got those submarines, right? We got the submarines here so that Christopher Pine could keep his job. And then he retired anyway. So it, maybe, you need to, maybe you need to join the submarines to the fighter, fighter jets. Oh, oh, nice. oh, like those Japanese cartoons where it all turns into one enormous fighting robot. Voltron. Voltron, yeah. yeah. It does sound like Maybe the they're doing that. Maybe that's why they all seem shit is because they have a hidden capability where they come together and just form an enormous man. And the, the government is very scared of a Godzilla-type creature. But when he comes, we'll be ready. And the joke will be on you commentariat lefties who didn't understand what was really going on, baby. Or not? I don't know. Well, thankfully, the Australian government is trying to assuade us of this, uh, of this problem, make sure that we are totally fine with it. They've come up with this new ad campaign. Australia's latest stealth fighter, heavier, slower, and more sluggish. Like the deadliest animal, the slug. This is the F-35 Lightning Stealth Bomber, described by experts as risky, keeps me up at night, a disaster. The Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II is built for maximum efficiency, so its parts will regularly detach without warning. Not even the pilot can see what's fallen off because they can't look behind. Look out, terrorists. The F-35 is called Lightning for a reason, to remind pilots when they can't fly. But if they do fly during a storm, the F-35 could explode at any time, turning into a giant flying bomb. The F-35 is a flying bomb too. With the F-35, there's no turning back or turning at all. This little jet can't turn at high speed. Hey, enemy, the F-35 is coming for you, provided you're flying straight ahead. When it comes to only flying parallels, the F-35 is unparalleled. So fast, it's only taken two decades to build and is only seven years behind schedule. The Australian government is spending $12.4 billion on 58 of these flying death slugs. They're more important than any school or hospital. You can't put missiles on a school and you can't use a hospital to break up a Pakistani wedding. With the F-35, Australia now has the power to dominate its neighbours. Like Vanuatu. Get ready, Vanuatu, because we're gonna blow your Vanuatu hats right off. Oh, you're gonna get it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Jace McCann! Oh, <laughs> the House of Windsor must fall! God save the Queen? No! I say to you, God damn the Queen! The line is weak. Charles is a divorcee and a pussy. William is bald, very hard to trust a man with that condition. Harry is almost certainly a bastard, I'm afraid to say. I don't know if you've looked up the pictures. Megan Snackle is a low quality person. And uh, Kate is just fantastic. I love Kate. <laughs> She's a fucking gem. But she's a commoner and may never rule. All right. I, d- I have a personal affection for the Queen, but her rule has been an unmitigated failure. Um, she's let every colonial possession go. Zimbabwe is a hellscape. She gave Hong Kong back to the mainland Chinese. Has she not a decent bone in her body? And she'll be dead soon and we'll get one of those other people. And yet... Ladies and gentlemen, we must have a royal family. It is a necessity. Republics are awful. I'll give you some examples. Uh, tonight, the Democratic People's Republic of China is opening fire on the darling Hong Kongers who just want their freedom. The Iranian Islamic Republic, once again, is threatening hot war in the Middle East. 
The Roman Republic committed genocide after genocide, Gaul, Carthage, etc. Read a book. <laughs> and the Republic of the United States, although they have pretty good PR, they're not without blood on their hands. Uh, let me put it this way. No monarchy has ever dropped two nuclear weapons on civilians. <laughs> Monarchies are ultimately better places to live, is the case that I would put to you, first of all, this evening, before building to my final resounding conclusion. Uh, I bet you've never heard of any human rights abuses coming out of Luxembourg, the wonderful country of Luxembourg, <laughs> where they have a king. Uh, Japan, the people of Japan love peace. They love peace as much as they love their emperor. They don't even have a standing army, people. No? <laughs> right. And the royal family of Monaco, they've never done anything untoward, unless you count having sex with Grace Kelly as being untoward, am I right, everybody? No, but seriously, folks, the monarchy is where it's at. There is a human instinct to love and worship and honour a king that we deny ourselves at our peril. I'd like to do a quote from C.S. Lewis, if I may. Uh, where men are forbidden to honour a king, they honour millionaires, athletes, or film stars instead, even famous prostitutes or gangsters. For spiritual nature, like bodily nature, will be served. Deny it. Uh, deny food, and the body will gobble up poison. And so too it is with who we worship as a king. Oh, we don't have a king. You know, says America, but we've got the Kardashian family. You worship them like they're a monarchy. You worship Chris Brown, despite how many, you know, unpleasant things he's been involved in. Taylor Swift is lauded, despite not having written a good song since Shake It Off. And it's, it's no less here, where we don't have a real royal family of our own to worship. I would like to share with you uh, James Donald Forbes McCann's rule of hero worship. If you don't choose a king... You will have a koshi forced upon you. <laughs> so what I, what I would like to say is this. Obviously, we cannot have the English royal family. The Windsors are, are a fuck-up. Um, <laughs> frankly, that line has been bad since the Tudors when they stopped being Catholic, but that's a point for another time. Uh, I think we should have our own Australian royal family. You know, I don't know who we're going to pick. I don't know if you've got someone you're dead keen on. I'd like Eddie Betts, frankly. I think Eddie Betts would be a fucking good king. There's all this stuff. We, to try and further reconciliation, what we do at the start of all these events is we have someone come out and say, you know, oh, sorry about taking all your land, Indigenous Australians. Thanks. You know, let's have a show now. Wouldn't it be better if we just picked an Indigenous Australian to be the king? Put him on the fucking money. That's what I'm about, baby! Reconcile! All right, catch up. Thank you very much. <laughs> James McCann! Very compelling point. So when the Queen dies, do you think there should be a movement to become a republic? Oh, it's going to be... To, to become a republic? Oh, now let's ask this. Let's ask the crowd. Do you guys think if the Queen dies, we should become a republic? Yeah. Did, you did you listen? <laughs> Are you paying attention? We could have our own... Monarch! <laughs> we could pick them out. Anyone you like. But it would have to be a reality series. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. We'd have to compete to be yeah. the monarch. My despot rules. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you pick, Cal? Who would you pick Who to be I pick? the new royal family? Um, Miranda Tetzel. Oh, yeah, oh. she's good. Yeah, she's yep. good. Excellent. Who is she? She's so nice, she's, though. She's a great First Nations yeah. actress. She's yep, in she's Sapphires. She is... Oh, oh she's, uh, was she in Top End Winner? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, wrote, she wrote Top in the Wedding. Did she write? Well. Yeah. I saw her on ABC <laughs> Breakfast. She was a delight. <laughs> right. Very good with this. That's, that's done. That's right. great. Well, that was actually way easier than I was she's married. She's, she just got married. She right? did. Yeah, she's, one, uh, she's one of the original. She's going to have an heir. Yeah, well. is, the line of secession is established. <laughs> James... I feel like you're not on board, people. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you vote? Um, well, I'd have to nominate myself. Um, <laughs> I have to put myself forward, throw my hat in the ring. Oh, I've got a few ideas. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I'm not really that pro-monarchy, uh, if I'm honest. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I respect what you've said up there, but you're wrong. That's right? cool. <laughs> you've, you've committed that to the public record. And when the time comes, we will put a sword through you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I just keep thinking of poor old Prince Charles. Like, if, oh, if everyone oh, decided to be a republic when the Queen died, he'd be like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Well, Lisi would just be the queen, the king of England, and that's it. It's not bad. It's, it's pretty still good. not bad. I mean, it's getting worse by the day. It's it's not I mean, bad. You're no longer in Europe, so moving to Europe would be terrible. <laughs> that would be difficult. But, yeah. This is a rational fear. If one of our jokes bombs, we'll blame it on Iran. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Georgie Carroll. Yay! Hey, hey. Yay. Hey, nice. hey. Yeah, noisy boy over there. Huh? I, don't know, I don't know what you're expecting there. I'm not rebutting an argument or anything. <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned that I've got a see-through dress on and light shining at me, so... It's good from this side. You, you can be on crotch watch. It's good from your side, yeah. If you were paying by the kilo, you'd be charged a lot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to talk about... Uh, I, I'm really not a political beast at all. I am so apathetic about the whole thing. I don't listen to any of it. I'm a nurse, intensive care and emergency for so many years. I don't do a 12-hour shift to then go home and fill my head with that nonsense. So, I mean, when I have had to watch it, he's made me watch it this week, and I, oh, it's just as dire as I imagined. I had to triage it. Any personal interest stories, any child that goes missing or a bushfire and I can help, then I'm in. Uh, anything bigger, Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, like that, just stick it in chairs and hope it self-discharges before it ruins the department. I have... <laughs> I have no interest in dealing with them two. Give them no attention and they'll fuck off, I think. Um, that isn't even the worst of what's on the internet, is it? Just, you're only ever six clicks away from the world ending. And I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not a denier. I can see you're all... If you turned up to this, you're probably quite woke, because that's what's happening here. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, just, I'm just not bothered. I mean, like, I've got, I've got a, a, an injury to my own body at the moment called plantar fasciitis. I've got a sore foot, and the only thing I've got to do to repair it is draw a tea towel towards myself slowly for four minutes in the morning with my toes, and I don't do it. <laughs> 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 so you really think I'm going to put any effort into recycling? So, um, <laughs> I think it's just white wow. noise now. I've sat through that many assemblies on it. For fuck's sake, do we need an acrostic poem and a dance and a song about recycling? Anyway. <laughs> um, so even, even I even stopped caring at the Kim Jong-un, Don Trump thing. Uh, they're the small fry on the inedible menu that's out there. Uh, the bigger things are like, oh, the world, the sky is falling, the seas are rising, the beach is disappearing. Oh, I just couldn't care. Just couldn't. Is it going to happen this week? <laughs> I don't think so. So, um, so I decided just, it was, it's too depressing. I'm not going to bother with it. I'm just going to not look at that stuff. Um, so I, I got into the nice news. There's some nice news out there. I got a bit stuck on the golden buzzers from AGT. That's a good bit of distraction. And uh, nice soothing news like Taylor Swift's only going to eat yoghurt on a tour this year. 
That's the kind of thing I was interested in. Yet again, you click one thing by accident. I stumbled across this piece. Now, this is how... Six clicks in this was. Um, this was... The end of civilization as we know it through germ warfare. On the face of it, it was a terrifying piece by Netherlands researcher David Spratt talking about imaginable near-future pathogens that could kill millions. I'll be honest, it ruined me cup and my biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was ready to click out. Terrible, painful thing to read, but I've had two kids. The way you deal with pain is you just breathe and push through it. Um, <laughs> try not to shit the bed. So, <laughs> I still don't know if I did. I have my half asthma, but not to tell me. Uh, anyway, let's just unpack it. It sounds so serious and so real when you read it, but it was, David Spratt is a researcher. Aren't researchers those people who call you outside Harris scarves with clipboards asking about your preferred <laughs> energy provider? <laughs> Why are we listening to this, Dick? Um, an imaginable lethal pathogens. That's what he's worried about. Let's not forget Spratt is from the pot-smoking Netherlands. Could explain a lot about him imagining things. Imaginable pathogens in the near future that could kill millions. Sounds terrifying. Spratt seems to have overlooked the fact that some very real, very real pathogens are currently slaying. HIV, Ebola, dengue, rabies. Uh, just on the other side of the river there, uh, there, is, <laughs> there is flu right now. And let's not forget the mass problem of 2015, that was Bieber fever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> settle down, Spratt. Just wash your hands and get a flu jab. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh... We've got a denier in our midst, is what you're thinking, isn't it? Oh, see, I'm not a denier. I know it's happening. I'm just apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see the point in worrying about it like you are. I just, I'm not a denier. I'm not a stupid person. I know it's real. I, at my very worst, I'm decisively inactive. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've decided not to care. And do you know what? I invite you to enjoy me, especially any of you who've got... Click frenzy induced anxieties that go along with today's society. Don't think of laziness as inaction. Um, just look, I mean, things that I've learned in the emergency department, those people who try and fight the riptide, they drown. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If a bear comes to attack you, your best bet is just lying down and doing fuck all. <laughs> and I know for sure that people who get pushed down flights of stairs, if they go floppy, they get less injuries. So I'm just saying. This is a thing. <laughs> I'm sitting with them after. <laughs> yeah. I would like those of you who have become consumed by the, by the fueled anxieties that clicking does into uh, to join me in avoiding the struggle and instead come play with the band as a simp ship. Yeah, <laughs> Georgie Carroll. That's Georgie. Now, Lewis and I, we did a show last month in Brisbane, and on that show we had a climate scientist, and she was telling us about this great story about how the permafrost in Siberia is melting, and all these dead carcasses from, that have been trapped under the permafrost for millions Old of years... Old reindeer. Reindeer have got anthrax, and people are catching anthrax in Siberia... Uh, from from th th thousands it's of years old. It's essentially like carcasses. just defrosting mints. Like they put it in and then they defrosted it, and it was anthrax. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really delicious. <laughs> and uh, there's a great case uh, in Delaware, uh, in the United States, of this 
flesh-eating bacteria, and it's on the rise. Vibrio vulinificus. Uh, it's we all that... know what it is, Dan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's my favourite black metal band. <laughs> <laughs> It's thought that the virus is proliferating because of the warmer waters. Uh, how do you feel... Have you ever had to deal with flesh-eating viruses yeah. as a nurse? As someone who had, like, no arse cheek. Oh. And then uh, gangrene's all around. Oh. Just, uh, yeah, people get You eaten. were at the Lyle McEwen, mate. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Like, oh, I don't know if Yeah, I just know. the flesh-eating bugs. It's just this thing that happens. What? When, once you... If someone eats away your butt flesh, what can you see? Just, well... <laughs> You're pooing from somewhere else. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. I know we're going to ruin their evening. So. Over how many days? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm just saying they're around and we've coped with them and we, we do them and, yeah, it'll be... I'll just chill, everyone. <laughs> I've hung around with these diseases and not caught them. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've been in the same room with them. Just a bit of plastic oh. between me and that. and it's. Uh, do you live through it? Well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a way of getting back stronger. into my old jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what kind of results can you get in, like, say, you know, after, how many days do you have to wait to fit into a 34 pair of jeans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, are you concerned about germ warfare? Well, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm living in Adelaide where nothing new ever comes here, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is a rational fear. More vigilant than the crowd control at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Cal Wilson! in the news, but apparently excessive mobile use uh, has caused a phenomenon where younger generations are growing horns on the back of their head. They're growing um, like protuberances out the back of their head because we, they're keeping their heads forward too long and the, um, the muscles are being used too much and so bone, bone is kind of protruding where the, the muscles are getting strained. And so they examined... 218 Australians aged between 18 and 30, and 41% of them had grown bone-based lumps ranging in size from 10 to 30 millimetres. So people are growing horns at the back of their head. And I found this horrifying, and I was extrapolating it out to imagine what a future might be if everybody, uh, in the end, grew these protuberances. So I found a Wikipedia entry from... 2080, um, where they seem to have sorted out the climate emergency. Glaciers still exist, but everyone is having trouble with cranial bone spurs. So I'm going to read you that. <laughs> I'm going to read you that entry from the future. Phone-enhanced cranial bone spurs were first discovered in 2018. Over time, the problem got worse until by 2050, most of the population was hunched over, unable to stand up lest they stab their bony protuberances through the back of their necks and drown, gargling in their own blood. <laughs> The ones whose good posture survived were the ones whose parents had confiscated their mobile phones and forced them to play outside. They became known as the straighteners. In contrast to the croissant-shaped posture of the mobile phone addicts, or as they came to be known, the phonies. Crime increased with the opportunistic straighteners mugging the phonies who were unable to provide descriptions of their attackers to the police because they could only look down. <laughs> the smartest straighteners would run along the top of walls and attack from above so the phonies couldn't even identify them by their shoes. <laughs> Before the population became aware of the precautions needed, suffocation deaths were commonplace with curvaceous women smothering in their own bosoms and hipster men choking on their own beards. <laughs> There were also accidents when people would look up in fright and impale themselves on their own head spikes. <laughs> Gradually, as their spikes grew longer and sharper, the phonies resigned themselves to never looking up again. Teenagers were sent to camps to learn how to be straight. <laughs> Not as in their sexuality, because the whole world had finally worked out that love is love, but rather for their spines. And despite everyone literally keeping their eyes on the road, car accidents soared. 
until driverless cars were adopted and that guy that started Uber turned out to be right after all. <laughs> there were other hindrances. The bottom fell out of the lilo and inflatable pool toy industry because too many people were injured when they lay back and pierced the inflated vinyl with their bone spurs. <laughs> Jumping castles were banned after a 14-year-old boy popped one and was flung across eight lanes of traffic in the explosion. <laughs> Some people, the ones with money, had their bone spurs shaved down, only to discover that their necks were now too weak to hold the weight of their heads. For a brief moment, helium helmets were all the rage. The wearer's head strapped in, floating on the now useless stalk of their neck. But helium scarcity made the price rocket, and soon no one but the wealthiest of the 1% could afford them. People on Instagram no longer photoshopped their bodies, they photoshopped their necks. Love songs began to focus less on the beauty of someone's eyes and more on the beauty of people's feet, because that's all anyone could see. <laughs> Five foot two, shoes of blue. <laughs> and now, an excerpt from a diary found by the body of a young girl. October the 3rd, 2071. Dear diary, my bone spurs have grown at least 10 centimetres. Lucy, one of the girls in my class, is a straightener, and she measured them with a ruler for me. She said they almost look like ram's horns and that the tips of them are razor sharp. I wondered why my hair wasn't growing past my shoulders. My bone spurs must have been slicing it off. <laughs> October the 4th. Dear diary, I saw Simon at school today. I mean, I saw his footwear. <laughs> he has the most wonderful brown shoes. They look so warm and understanding and his socks are so funny. <laughs> I got told off by Mrs Campbell for wearing low-cut sandals, but it not, it's not like you could see all of my foot. And besides, they make my toes look enormous. Simon said he couldn't take his eyes off them, which I'll just have to take his word for. Tomorrow, I'm going to bring a makeup mirror that I can hide in my English folder just so I can see his face. October the 5th, dear diary, Simon and I met up after school. Gosh, he's so romantic. He brought a bucket of water with him and poured it onto the concrete so we could look in the puddle together and stare at the clouds. <laughs> We pressed the tops of our heads together and he wanted to feel my bone spurs, but I wouldn't let him, not yet. <laughs> Besides, they're so sharp, I wouldn't want him to cut his hand. October the 19th. Dear diary, today I discovered Simon has been keeping a terrible secret from me. He didn't realise I could see him in my makeup mirror and I watched him stand straight up and look at the horizon. I confronted his feet straight away. And he apologised and said it made no difference to him that I'm a phony and he's a straightener. And then he told me all of the wonderful things that he could see. He can even tilt his head back, diary. He said he'd looked right up into the night sky and the stars are wonderful, like blazing embers in a black velvet night. November the 18th. Dear diary, the worst has happened. Simon broke up with me today. He said I was great, but he realised he couldn't fully love someone he couldn't see eye to eye with. And then I overheard him tell one of the other straighteners that he was going to take Lucy out tonight for a picnic on the hill so they could gaze at the night sky together. I couldn't help it, diary. I followed them. They don't know I'm here, but I can hear Simon pointing out the constellations. I know tilting my head straight back will mean certain death, but I so want to see the stars. Carl <laughs> Wilson! Oh, Fantastic. Oh. I, w I would listen to a season of that podcast. I know. <laughs> I've got chills. <laughs> um, would a bone at the back of your head ever be useful, Lewis? Oh, my God. It's Sorry, this is, the whole, that whole thing yeah. has made me really just want to sit like that. <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I've got my mum's fucking voice in my ear now. Um, would it be useful? Bone spurs on the back of the head. Well, I'm very weak. 
Um, and so I kind of think like a stegosaurus type situation, yeah, like how yeah. dinosaurs were like, ah, that could be my predatory instinct. <laughs> yeah, hit me in the back of the head. It's very specific. It's like the, the fighter jets. I can only fly in a straight oh, line. Yeah. Attack me from the front. Well, actually, yeah. it would be great in Sydney because it would end coward punches. <laughs> That's true. So no lockout laws. You couldn't hit him from the back. They got a bone right straight back. Straight through the bone. Got a bone right back. Yeah. Uh, the, is this, is this just a way to vilify millennials, this story, do you think? Do you think millennials had enough? Nah, can't. It was beautiful. <laughs> I was touched. She dies at the end. She dies the... at the end because she know, wants to see the stars. Ah, it was, Not it's... for love. She just wants to see the stars. Fuck that, that guy. That story oh. came out in the last 24 hours. You yes. can't have worked on that for very long. You should get, get that published somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right to me, Angie. We're, we're not used to things being good up here. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite shocking. Do you, do you know how impoverished the literary scene in this country is? It's a real problem. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John Brooks. Yeah. Get ready for a really fucked TED talk. Um, <laughs> so, pardon me, I've got a bit of a limp. I've had it since uh, election day. Uh, could have bought me a drink, Queensland. Um, it's lovely to be with you here in the uh, newly minted Corey Bernardi Memorial Theatre. It's, uh, it's got a bit of that vibe, doesn't it? Kind of Moulin Rouge in the wrong time of the 1940s. But uh, I miss Corey, I do, because you knew where he stood, didn't you? Atop a steaming mountain of reactionary horse shit. Um, but I miss that about him, don't you know? Because it's, it's all kind of dissipated. I don't know if you know about this. The, uh, the 2018 election here in South Australia, I'll give you a bit of... Uh, a bit of regional, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, uh, context. You know, basically, he came out here, it was his big power play, he was going to launch the Australian Conservatives, he had his big launch right here, and he said, I'm going to turn South Australia into the Saudi Arabia of the South. Which, yeah, no, and I thought he hated burkers. Um, yeah. Or maybe he was talking about their attitudes to gay people, I don't know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I know, you could have knocked me down with a stone <laughs> There you go But he's gone, he's all but dissipated, hasn't he, you know it's like, And it's happened to all those full-on wedge politicians, you know Like Clive Palmer, Fraser Anning, they've all, they've all dissipated One Nation did a right at the election, but you know A million monkeys with a million typewriters yeah. <laughs> You eventually get there And that's when I realised that Australians don't want change They want to be comfortable we have entered the palliative care phase of Australian politics. <laughs> and those of us that still want to get out of this shit with some dignity are looking to Victoria this week and just, in the spirit of ScoMo, going, how good is assisted suicide? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't lost hope. I haven't. I just think that we in the left, we need to wake up to ourselves, you know? We need to see what's going on in this country. You know, we need to, we need to open our eyes. Forget the fair go. We need to forget the fair go because in the race of life, always back the horse named self-interest. <laughs> always. And this is a country that is built on getting shit-faced and going off at the races, usually the brown ones. So... <laughs> at least that table's drinking. <laughs> always back the horse called self-interest. Because this is a country of sunrise viewers. It is. Get inside their heads. It's a fucking scary place. They hate doll bludgers, but they want that cow to give them money. (laughs) (laughs) 
The cognitive dissonance is real. I was watching the election coverage on the ABC. I turned it on. They went to a country pub and they were interviewing farmers. And these farmers were going, yeah, these bloody latte-sipping lefties coming out here telling us what to do. Fucking latte-sipping lefties. What kind of farmers? Dairy farmers! (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Gina Reinhardt just going, fucking China, just money, 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 enough. (laughs) Ugly country politicians complaining that their media advisors are too sexy. (laughs) Sunrise complaining about couch-bound neo-fascists with acquired brain injuries. No! Sunrise fans in here, I think. <laughs> it is still very early in the evening. It is, yeah. yeah. It is sunrise for some of you people. The cash cow's over, I'm sorry. So. Some of these people just got off the course. <laughs> we know the housing market is fucked. We do. In Sydney, people are buying housing apartments that are literally cracking, probably under the weight of their own inflated value. But they still fucking buy it. <laughs> they still vote for ScoMo. You think these people don't know that the housing market is fucked? They know sitting in their shoebox apartment, eating their instant ramen because they're so leveraged they can't even have the tiniest flutter on the interest rate or they'll be out in the street. And that'd be blessed relief for some of these people, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have to sit in that shitty little apartment with those walls so thin, it doesn't even filter out the sound of your neighbours flushing the toilet. (laughs) Who wants to sit through that little audio sensory etch-a-sketch game again? Who wants that? (laughs) As you sit there tracing your eyes across the walls as you listen to your neighbours poo Super Mario's (laughs) way (laughs) through the walls, slithering in and out of your life like a basilisk in the halls of Hogwarts. to kill <laughs> through bowel cancer statistically <laughs> we cling to that dream praying that this shit is actually worth it we do always back the horse called self-interest always and where's the left in this little horse race debating whether or not it's cruel to have a horse race in the first place <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Where is the left in this country? They're too busy having an argument about the proper use of gendered pronouns in a country where everyone refers to each other as mate. (laughs) (laughs) Always back the horse called self-interest. At Bob Hawke's funeral, what did we hear about? How much he loves having a bet on the nags. We need to take his death. We wasted it. We need to embrace his ghost like a TV psychic and use it. We do embrace that horse called self-interest, but in a new way. We need to rebrand socialism itself. Self-interest for all. (laughs) It's got a bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? You know? Never underestimate the power of a rebrand. New Zealand, shining light of progressive politics. You ever hear about old Zealand? (laughs) No. The power of a rebrand. Now, the first step in rebranding socialism, we need better spokespeople. Uh, And this is a pretty simple rule for the left. Uh, If you're white and you have dreadlocks, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Simple as that. Oh, but we can kickstart the economy if we legalise cannabis. Shut the fuck up. Here's a little dilemma for you to contemplate, you stupid hippie. What are you going to do when weed's legal and Monsanto's got the best shit? (laughs) It's the bongs or the bees. Make your mind up. Mm-hmm. We need to choose a better flag for the left too, don't we? Like the hammer and sickle, that's a little bit out of date. Ha. I mean, the average lefty these days wouldn't know how to use a hammer unless they looked it up on YouTube and 
The sickle sounds like something you ride for your side hustle on Deliveroo. So, get, and it's a little bit gulaggy, if we're honest. You know, we should, should maybe get away from that. That's why we should always back the horse called self-interest. We need a symbol fronting socialism in this country that the people can relate to, that will get them out of bed in the morning for a hot cup of hope. You know who? The sunrise cash cow. <laughs> oh, my koshy comrades. Absolutely, the sunrise cash cow. It is peace, land and bread wrapped in a polyester bloody outfit that is more flammable than the cladding on all our crumbling inner city apartment blocks. Sometimes to win a horse race, you need to pick a cow. Thank you so much. Yeah. Nice work. (laughs) What do you think the left has an image problem, Lewis? Uh, me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And the glasses, the fucking Seinfeld shoes, the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very punchable. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, there's always a threat to start like a right-wing get-up, like a Mm. grassroots right-wing kind of get-up. What is... I don't think that's gone well in history. Yeah, no, it never really works. What do you think is missing from right-wing grassroots activism uh, it, there's just not enough million dollars available for anyone involved like, it's really just like unless it's like grassroots and it's all everyone involved is a millionaire it just won't take off with the right wing I wouldn't have thought I always thought gra- grassroots uh, right wing conservatism really liked uniforms I think if you've got uniforms sure. they'd be into it <laughs> you talk about the brown companies these days. <laughs> yeah that's right um, if there was like a celebrity to kind of be the icon of left-wing politics other than the cash cow, what do you reckon it would be? I'd have to be a TV chef. (laughs) No more leftovers, just fresh, hot socialism. (laughs) This is Irrational Fear, virtue signalling since 2012. (laughs) Well, yesterday was World Refugee Day, and uh, tonight we were going to talk to Baruz Bachani. I don't know if anyone has uh, read his incredible book, No Friend But The Mountains. Incredible story, uh, and he won the Victoria Premier Literacy Prize with that. And he just sent me a message saying, I'm really sorry, I can't do the show tonight. I've been very busy with something very serious is happening here on Manus. Every day we have trouble here. Uh, what makes me concerned is that the refugees are doing some dangerous acts. Yesterday, one of them climbed the internet tower. Uh, another one set his room on fire. It is out of control here. So uh, it's, it's really sad. And I just kind of wanted to articulate that we need to kind of reframe the way we think about refugees in this country. For a long time, the rhetoric, the political rhetoric is just crazy, like blaming each successive government. It's not working. Um, the one of the, it's a kind of a narrative fear of the other, and it's one that we know too well. The bleak sentiment kind of really kicked off around Tampa uh, in 2001. Uh, for those who are young, who may not remember, that was when 400 people were picked up by a ship outside Christmas Island, uh, and they were refused asylum by Australia, but they, all, they all ended up all growing up and living in New Zealand. And one of those people, uh, Abbas Nazari, this week graduated university, and he's won a Fulbright scholarship to Columbia University. Um, This is why I really resent refugees. They're doing much better than me. (laughs) And I've had every advantage in life. Um, uh, And what about here in Adelaide? Uh, Another Afghani refugee, Hanif Rahimi, he escaped Afghanistan, made his way here, and decided to make a life in Kilburn. I know it sounds ironic, making a life in Kilburn, but, you know, do do what you will. But Hanif now owns... 40 taxis, employees, 80 drivers, and owns a mechanic shop and a supermarket. These bloody refugees come to this country giving us jobs. I don't know. 
We never hear these stories about refugees doing incredible things when they've been resettled. And it, it really makes me upset about that because I, I went to Manus Island at the beginning of the year. I made comedy sketches with Baroos and other refugees over there before being deported myself. Um, and these are really smart, funny guys. One of the guys in one of the sketches we made, his name is Aziz Abdul. I asked him too if, he could, if we could call him but he's unavailable right at this juncture. He's in Switzerland. They just don't like Dan. <laughs> no, he's in Switzerland right now, and he's in a meeting with the UN to talk about Manus Island. He's like, I'd love to chat, but I've got to talk to the UN at that time. So he, he's, been given, uh, he's been given asylum in Switzerland. This is, these are incredible people we're talking about here. Um, and the political rhetoric has got to stop. Like yesterday when Christine Keneally tweeted the following. The evidence keeps on coming in that Peter Dutton MP has lost control of our borders. Today, the UNHCR has released its latest report confirming that the number of people in Australia seeking asylum has tripled under Mr Dutton's watch. It has tripled, but because it's, it's out of anyone's control, just like the recession that we're about to have, it's a global migration crisis. Uh, and pretty soon, it's just going to get worse because of climate change. There are going to be thousands of people in the next 10 years leaving their equatorial homes, coming to Australia, coming to a place that is like dry, wet and rich, and that, that's us. And we need to figure out ways, better ways to deal with it. Anyway, we just need to plan for that. That's what I wanted to kind of say. That we we're going to talk to Baruz. Um, yeah. going to talk about... Uh, here's the thing. I did speak to a refugee yesterday. Uh, Adelaide is home to many, and I, I went to chat with one who's recently been through a bit of internal displacement in Australia. That's right, it can happen right here, internal displacement. Um, uh, Dylan, can we play that interview? Now, over email, um, this special guest was a bit cautious about having me come visit him, but he invited me graciously to come visit him at his actual house. Uh, I haven't met him before, but um, I understand he is a, a very newly arrived refugee to Adelaide. So uh, let's see if he's uh, see if he's home. This isn't Peter Dutton, is it? Uh, no, it's not Peter Dutton. It's uh, it's Dan Illich from Irrational oh, Fear. Yeah, quick, come in, come in. Oh, it's uh, really nice to meet you. Oh, thank you. Look, um, it's uh, lovely to, 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 to get some guests, to get some guests from the old country. Uh, by the old country, wh wh where do you mean? Uh, Sydney. Oh, right. Uh, so on the email you said you were a refugee, but you're a refugee from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, from, from the inner west of Sydney. I don't understand. What, what, what are you escaping in Sydney? It just, it, it wasn't a safe place for our family anymore. The one-punch attacks that have been happening in, in Sydney uh, over the last little while. I mean, there's been upwards of, of two of them. And the lockout laws have only done so much. We needed to go somewhere where there is no nightlife so that we could finally be safe. Your life must be so different in Adelaide than it is compared to Sydney. It, it is. Look, I mean, it, there was quite a lot of culture shock um, at first. Uh, you know, things like uh, adequate parking, a light rail that doesn't close down the CBD. I drove the other day from Nolunga through to Elizabeth and it took me an hour and there wasn't a single toll road. I mean, it's primitive. What about the journey coming to Adelaide? What was that like for you and your family? Look, uh, I mean, it, it was perilous. We were forced to deal with unscrupulous people smugglers. Um, I mean, that's just what travelling with Jetstar is always like. I don't quite understand. Like, you seem to be living in quite significant opulence here. You've got at least three or four more bedrooms than you had in your Sydney house, which I was fortunate enough to see the squalor that you lived in. What do you say to those people that claim that immigrants like you are just merely economic refugees? 
Look, I, I think that's very unfair. Until you have tried to buy a bottle of wine after 10pm in the CBD, you do not know what it is like to suffer in Sydney. I spoke to many locals here who are very upset that many folks from the eastern states are just not fitting in here. What do you say to those people? Look, we are trying to assimilate here. I, I don't even say dancing anymore. I say dancing. I've got the long vowel. What more do you people want? <laughs> Look, OK, um, prove it to me. What's the most South Australian thing that you know? Oh, you, did you catch uh, the, the, the Crows versus Port at the showdown? Hey! I don't even know what you said then. <laughs> that is uh, comedian and journalist Andrew P. Street, everyone. <laughs> this is Irrational Fear. Less lies than Bell Gibson in court. <laughs> Please welcome Lewis Hobber. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, just before I get started, um, there's a little bit in here about um, Adelaide, and um, so I just want to... Yeah, no. <laughs> Not woo, I'm afraid. Um, so I just want to say, right, start, I love Adelaide. You guys are great. Um, my parents met at Adelaide Uni. Without Adelaide, I wouldn't even exist, so I owe a lot to you, Adelaide. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Okay. <clears throat> it was my birthday this week. Hey! Thank you very much. I know. I know you didn't get me anything. But that's okay, because in June, every year, we all get a gift. I'm talking about the Logies. Yes. The Logies are next week. Are you excited? Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I can see a little bit of resentment. I mean, the World Cup of Cricket is on. So is the World Cup of Soccer. It's possible to have forgotten about the World Cup of Television, the TV Week Logie Awards. Yes. Yes, a clapper. Okay. Grant Denyer's in. That's good. It's the one person who watches television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe the reason you're not excited is you think the ceremony has lost some relevance. After all, last year, the Gold Logie for Most Popular Presenter went to Grant Denyer for a show, Family Feud, it had been cancelled because it was so unpopular. <laughs> or maybe you're just not excited because you hadn't even heard the Logies were on. They did move them to the Gold Coast where things go to die alone. <laughs> First your grandparents and now this. <laughs> and look, sure, it's easy to laugh at the Logies. And that's why I'm going to do it. Because I'm a hack. I'm a hack who grabs at low-hanging fruit. I grab at the low-hanging fruit, and then I hold it above Grant Denyer's head, and I make him jump for it. <laughs> Let's start with the gold logie, okay? The gold logie, the pinnacle of Australian television. There are two gold logie nominees from the ABC. How humiliating. I'm from the ABC. It's trash. No, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. There's so many fucking berets in this crowd. It's awesome. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the two Gold Logie nominees from the ABC. It's Costa from Gardening Australia. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. This is the ABC audience. I, I wondered where you were. All right, Costa. <laughs> oh, fuck. I thought the Adelaide jokes were going to be bad. Fuck. I'm in so much trouble. Costa from Gardening Australia, okay, a man who's kind and he's passionate, and Tom Gleeson, a man who is bald and a redhead. How can you be both? It's, it's the worst of both worlds. No, I, I love them both, both amazing men, uh, but the ABC should be winning Walkleys, not Logies. But, you know, all the 15-year-olds who used to watch the Logies, they're streaming shit now. 
So the Logies are nominating ABC celebrities to try to woo the people who watch the ABC, who are mostly 93 years old and a week from death. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to be here. Fuck. They don't want to see hunks from Summer Bay on the red carpet. They want to see Costa, the barefoot gnome, yelling at Richard Wilkins about manure. Australian television's dying. Recently, the highest rating show on Australian TV was Lego Masters. A show... Fuck. This is not my area. This is not my night. Fuck. Okay, it's about grown adults watching Lego, you freaks. What's going on? You people will watch Hamish Blake do fucking anything, won't you? He should host a show called Murder Masters. Where people just get fucking murdered and you'd watch it because he's a delight. And you love murders here. Unbelievable. Fuck. I mean, we love television in this country. Kevin Rudd won an election giving everyone just enough money to buy one. But why don't we love celebrating it anymore, you know? Like... I admit, moving the Logies to the Gold Coast was a big mistake. Last year's Gold Coast ceremonies had its smallest ratings ever. And, with Grant Denyer, its smallest winner. Um, <laughs> it used to be in Melbourne. It was cool in Melbourne, you know? They used to have it in a little back laneway. It was, it was cool. There were, there were milk crates around. Grant Denyer could stand on one and look normal-sized people in the eye. <laughs> the Grant Denyer jokes are just for me. I'm sorry. I actually love him. He's really, really nice. Uh, and, but I feel like I can make fun of him because even though he's shorter than me, he's richer, so it still counts as punching up. <laughs> I just want the Logies to be cool again, you know? I want to make the Logies relevant. Hit. It was never cool. It was never cool. <laughs> wow, from a fucking Adelaidean. That's... Fuck me. All right. Let's dance. Here's what I would do to make the Logies cool again. First thing, get rid of the international guests. That's so weird. It's so weird. This year they're flying over the cast of Young Sheldon. We can't even trick adults into coming here anymore. And it's not like they got the Stranger Things kids. We got the home brand kids. Okay, next idea. Not a lot of love on that one. That's okay, I'll pivot. We've got the gold Logie. We've got the silver Logie. I'm going to add a bronze Logie. It's in the Gold Coast. Give it to the person with the best fake tan. <laughs> Next one. I've got a special award just for Kerry ann Kennelly. The Diamond Logie, celebrating the whitest thing on Australian television. <laughs> Here are some... Uh, fuck, really? Ooh, Kerry ann <laughs> Fuck. Wow. Okay, here are some other categories. Just straight off the top. Best dating show. Best island dating show. Best... <laughs> Island Dating Show, Celebrity Edition. <laughs> Best Island Dating Show, Celebrity Edition. I'm forgetting them now. Fuck. Best Island Dating Show, Celebrity Edition, Reunion Special. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I love Island Dating. No, I hate Island Dating Shows. It's actually the only reason I'm praying for climate change. Just fucking those sea level rises can't come fast enough. But here's my big idea, and I think you're going to like this one. And I'll win you back here, Adelaide. My idea to make the, Adel- the Logies cool, bring the Logies to Adelaide! Yay! Yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Hosting heaps of festivals is cool, but you know what's cooler? 
bringing a bunch of kids from home and away over to do cocaine. <laughs> now that's a show. <laughs> I love the cabaret festival, but just imagine Grant Young with nipple tassels. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Most television drama is just stories about people getting murdered. <laughs> Who knows more about that than you? I tried Googling famous actors from Adelaide. This is true. This is the top uh, article when you Google famous actors from Adelaide. The uh, article was, these people sent some of their career in Adelaide. <laughs> Mel Gibson, correct? <laughs> no. Wow, all right. We've got an anti-Semite in the room. That's cool. The other one, Jeffrey Rush. You don't just kill people, you kill careers. And I respect that, Adelaide. Here's an idea. Let some actors in who aren't the fucking worst host the Logies, Adelaide. (laughs) (laughs) You already have so much in common. People forget you exist too. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm so sorry. I really am. (laughs) What do you say, Adelaide? Will you take the Logies? (laughs) That couldn't have gone any better. I love you. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's Lewis Hummer. Oh, my God. I think the most accurate thing I've said tonight was that last night's crowd was very different. (laughs) Uh, No. I had literally in my script written, the crowd yells yes. (laughs) I fucking love you. You guys are sick. So Uh, good. When you mentioned this to me, you you said you had two jokes that didn't make the cut. I was going to read them out because I thought these were really accurate descriptions of television as a medium. Uh, music streaming once got called the last fart of a dying corpse, but broadcast TV isn't even a dying fart. It's the desperate rustle of an already cremated body being fucked up by an iced up game show host. <laughs> I gave that a big tick. I thought that was really good. I also, cut it for a reason. It felt like a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, broadcast television is fading away gently, like an old Hollywood starlet coughing up blood into a handkerchief, telling loudly to an empty bar that she nearly danced with Fred Astaire. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. So poetic. Really good, Lewis. Thanks. Yeah. All right. We're going to close the show with uh, a Bridie and White. Are you guys ready for that? Yes. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give the biggest round. Hang on. I'm about to give you a wrap I'll give you a razz up. Please. Would you like a razz up? Razz. All right. Please give a big round of applause for the ARIA winning Bridie and Wyatt. Oh. Well, we've written oh, no. a song. We've so, written a song. Yeah. Let, well, let's just quickly recap some of the suggestions yes. that you gave us to write a song about. And that's what we've been doing for the last half an hour backstage. So we wanted to write a song celebrating some of the, the things about the middle of being in a yes. relationship. So we had going to Bunnings. Classic. Um, <laughs> said very angrily from a lady at the back there, would you please just accept my mother? Uh, sleep, falling asleep on the couch. Sticking to your clearly defined side of the bed. Yep. Scheduling sex. Mm-hmm. Um, going to the toilet with the door open. Yes. Really beautiful, inspiring things. Oh, so, so thank you. Thank you for those. Really great. And so what we did was this, I guess. <laughs> Can I recommend making some Adelaide jokes? <laughs> <laughs> They're really into that. Um, when we came out, 
Lewis, we thank the audience for having us because we think Adelaide's delightful. So we went and never went to it. Anyway, here's a song celebrating okay. average relationships. Remember the time you bought me a wine. I said, said you, you looked, looked fine. Mm. <laughs> and then we danced all night. Well, just till nine. <laughs> you used to flirt, you used to give me wild sensations. In fact, you still do when you talk home renovations. On sweet. You used to say things like, hey, Bridie, you're stunning. But now I love it when you read from the catalog from Bunnings. 50% off floor coverings. <laughs> getting so close, getting so close, uncomfortably close to you. I know all your flaws, leave open the doors when you do. <laughs> we used to be so wild, late nights and drinking booze. But now our perfect date night. Is Netflix and snooze. <laughs> Our love is so strong, it's just like most yeah. others. Yes, fair, most others. I yeah. just wish you'd get along when we're at my mother's. Oh, getting so close, getting so close. Doll, could you squeeze this blackhead? Oh, everything. everything. Just stay, stay on, on your side, side of the bed. bed. Ooh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Take a solo. Well, you do anyway. Well, well, at least I get to finish when I have a solo. <laughs> we ain't gonna fight about it. We'll just sit, sit in silence, silence about, about it. Pretend we're, we're all right about it. it. Then have beige sex tomorrow. 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 We're we'll gonna have, have sex tomorrow. 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 Oh, no, wait. Oh, yes, got brunch. brunch. Yeah, no sex. Thank you very much! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Right in, Wyatt! Please thank all our fear mongers for tonight. Cal Wilson, Jason Camp, Georgie Carroll, John Brooks, Lewis Hobber, Brady Connell, White Nixon-Lloyd, Dylan Bain, Andrew P. Street, Baruz Bachani, the team here at the Blue Room at the Adelaide Cabaret Festival... And special thanks to Julia Zemiro. Yes. Until next time, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.